Leica has an interesting, long and interesting history. Uh, the company was founded and that it turned into Leica was founded by Ernst Leitz in Germany in 1869. When they first opened, uh, they built microscopes. Microscopes and magnifiers, that was their, that was their main product. And the, but the Leitz family were hunters. And they were very disappointed with the optical equipment available to hunters at that time. And so around 1907, well, about 1905, they started um, studying binocular design. And in 1907, they started producing their first binocular. So we've been building binoculars for 113 years. And the shooting sports industry in whole, as a whole has grown. You know, I like to go out and bank steel at 1,000, 1,500, take it to a mile. I mean, it's, it's fun. Ammunition has gotten better. Our scopes are now better. Our rifles are better. You know, it's just a ton of fun to go out there and shoot. And so we're making products that are not only for dedicated just strictly to hunters, but now, you know, shooters that go out there and just like to bang steel and go have some fun. There's I took one of the original uh, 742s on my first doll sheep hunt. And the outfitter, I came out of the tent and I had it on a binocular harness and the outfitter started yelling at me, are you taking those giant things up the mountain? You don't need those, you just need a pair of compacts. And I said, uh, I said, uh, Bob, uh, how far away are those rocks up on the hill? I said, what do you mean? I said, how far away are they? Said, I don't know, uh, 250 yards? And I picked that up and I said, no, it's 342 yards. And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, that will tell you how far away things are? I said, yes. And without that, without that Jeep, I wouldn't have got my sheep. to the RNA Outdoors podcast fueled by Ripcord Arrowrest and First Light Hunting Apparel. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. All right, well, we are here in Utah at the 2020 Western Hunting uh, Conservation uh, Expo, and uh, it's Friday. It's uh, pretty quiet right now. We're here before the, the mad rush hits, but uh, we wanted to spend some time uh, with our friends over at Leica. Uh, both Jason and I have been using Leica products for many years. Um, yep. Binoculars, um, tripods, um, spotting scopes. Um, what else you name it staple lights right yeah a yeah. lot of different products that uh, but Jason and I both run 15s and 10s and waiting to see when those 20s come out but uh, anyway we're here <laughs> we're here with, with Ryan and John from Leica and uh, we just wanted to welcome to the show and uh, thank you guys for being here no thank you for inviting us we appreciate it absolutely <laughs> thanks we appreciate it yeah 
So, so maybe, John, you could just tee us up. Maybe tell us a little bit of history about the company or give us a little background uh, of Leica Sport Optics. Sure. Well, um, Leica has an interesting, long and interesting history. Uh, the company was founded and that it turned into Leica was founded by Ernst Leitz in Germany in 1869. Jeez. So uh, it's not, we're not the new kids on the block. Um, when they first opened, uh, they built microscopes, microscopes and magnifiers. That was their that was their main product. And the, but the Lights family were hunters, and they were very disappointed with the optical equipment available to hunters at that time. And so around 1907, well, about 1905, they started. Um, studying binocular design. In 1907, they started producing their first binocular. So we've been building binoculars for 113 years. Wow. wow. So uh, again, we've uh, got a little bit of history behind us. And uh, the uh, the first binocular was actually a 6 by 18. 6 by 18. 6 by 18. <laughs> then they went to 6 by 24. And then it just kept growing. And uh, uh, where we really got into the business and really made an impact was in the, the early 60s with a uh, binocular they called the Trinovid. And the Trinovid was named that way. It's, it, in German, it has three unique features. It had, um, it was the most waterproof binocular they've made at that time, or actually water resistant, but very sealed very well. It had an internal focusing system, and it had a new diopter design. So they had three unique three unique uh, features, and that's why they called it the Trinovid. And um, wow. that's why that's a, these are lightweight, and they're still, even to this day, people love those binoculars. They were light, they were they were very light, they were trim. Uh, sheep hunters just, just sure. snap them up whenever they see them. And um, there's still an excellent glass. Now, there's been a lot of improvements yeah. since <laughs> yeah. that time, sure, but yeah. uh, they're a really good glass. Um, probably one of the main items that we're known for is our range-finding abilities. Yes. And in uh, 1992, uh, Leica had a cooperative effort with Leica Geosystems to build a marine binocular for ship captains that had a laser rangefinder built in it. At that time, the binocular cost uh, $7,000. Wow. Well, guess what? <laughs> it wasn't really a hit in the marine market. It, yeah. did, it did have a compass, and it had you know all the things the marine the mariners would want. But ship captain said, um, I don't need a $7,000 gizmo to help me dock my dock my ship. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't too successful. Um, the gentleman I worked for for many years, Terry Moore, they sent him 25 of them to go to the SCI convention in Las Vegas that year. And Terry set up a little display where uh, you could see where he could range a target. And he was hoping to sell four or five of them maybe throughout the show. It's $7,000 a pop in 1992. And yeah. uh, sale. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a chunk of change. And he sold all 25 in the first four hours, and took orders the rest of the show. So from that point on, Leica knew that a range-finding binocular 
in the hunting world would be a hot ticket. Sure. Game changer is what I call that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. That's right. And so um, being that we have like the Geosystems, which is a company in Switzerland that has dealt with lasers for 40 years now, uh, give, we don't use anyone else's technology. We use our own and we don't sell our technology to anyone else. And this is why our range finding equipment, whether it be a binocular or a handheld, uh, just works better than, than our competitors. We've uh, had that conversation numerous times out in the field when everybody else has other products. Uh, you know, I started out in the very beginning probably in 97, 98 with the first square, block. smaller blocks, yeah. you know, design, which had which had no way to carry it, by the way. So my wife sewed a hand chest strap system out of neoprene so that I could wear it around my, my chest. And uh, I still remember taking that thing out for the first time and, you know, okay, so maybe prior to that I had a Bushnell that was like the size of a suitcase, you know, around my neck. And all of a sudden you had that small little compact box and it was amazing. The only problem that I had is I kept doing the same thing that probably you guys figured out really fast. I'd pull my rangefinder up, click the button, put my rangefinder down, grab my binoculars, pull my binoculars up, look, put the binoculars down, grab the rangefinder, and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And that's when I think you guys, when did you actually come out with the first range-finding binoculars? Well, the, range, the GeoVid was a 7x42 binocular with a 1,000-yard laser rangefinder, and that was in 92. But then in 2004, we actually came out with what we call the, the BRF, Binocular Rangefinder, and that was an 8x42 yeah. and a 10x42 and a much smaller. The, the original GeoVid 7x42s were a, a brick. They were large. They were curved. Um, that body is still used by uh, uh, like a geosystems for the military range finding. Because it but lasts forever and it yeah, can't get it, broken. Yeah, right, and it's it's tougher than really durable, super durable. Um, so the uh, BRF was our really shot us into it because it, we had a lower price and we had a unit that was was manageable. Uh, I took one of the original. Uh, 742s on my first doll sheep hunt <laughs> and the outfitter I came out of the tent and I had it on a binocular harness and the outfitter started yelling at me are you taking those giant things up the mountain you don't need those you just need a pair of compacts and sheep purse yeah. and I said, uh, I said uh, Bob uh, how far away are those rocks up on the hill I said, what do you mean I said how far away are they I, said, I don't know uh, 250 yards and I picked that up and I said, no, it's 342 yards. And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, that will tell you how far away things are? I said, yes. And without that, without that geobit, I wouldn't have got my sheep. Sure. And uh, I said, I'm carrying it. Not, not asking anybody else to carry it, but it's going with me wherever I go. And, uh, and, I, and today, I mean, so I, I archery hunt in the middle of July in central coast of California. And I'm packing 15s on my chest, and people think I'm crazy, but I've had the 10 by 42 geovids, and then when you step up to 15s, it's like I can't take them off, and they're huge, right? I mean, they're 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 a big binocular, but I take them everywhere I go, and 
it's just part of the it's part of our whole kit, right? right. I mean, I carry tins on the front and fifteens in my pack, and a tripod, and I'm. It's just like that's that's what I run with, and that's just the way it is because you never know if you're going to be this close. And and then I really hate to say it, but then maybe I still have the small one in my pocket too for when I get like really intimate in a, in an archery situation. So you just never know when what you're going to need at what time. That's so. why we make more than one. Or three in or this three, case. I'm like Lucas. I don't leave yeah. camp without my without my 15s in my pack and my 10s around my neck or, or sometimes yeah. 8s depending on where I'm hunting, you know, if I'm in a more wood situation. But uh, you, once you get used to them and you, you have that capability, you just don't, you, you can't go back. Yeah. You, you just you just can't do it. Well, in the digiscoping world now, you know, I, I think about when people are, you know, looking at stuff through 10s and then you pop them on the 15s and then you can just get a totally different view of that animal, right? I mean, you can start breaking them down. Of course, we get into spotting scopes. That's a whole different yep. level. But, you know, if you're on if you're on the mountain in the field and you're, you know, you're gridding area and you've got a buck identified and you're sitting on 15s, you can typically break them down within a thousand yards and know whether or not yeah i'm going to go after that deer or probably not whereas tens i mean tens are going to give you that but they're not going to tell you what the 15s are going to tell you especially so. now with the 15s the field of view has gotten so big before yeah. it was a pretty tight pretty narrow yeah pretty narrow and that's it was a tough one. to you know to really look around but now the 15s have opened up a little bit so that more power is you know that argument now nowadays isn't quite as much let me back up a little bit. So, so John, what is your job description with, with Leica? Well, with Leica, my, my main job description, I'm exhibits manager. I have a uh, uh, training in project planning, and uh, that's, what I, that's what I did for many years for a major oil company. And then I got into the sporting goods business, and that training helps with this job. I also was product specialist for Leica for many years, and so I, I kind of do both. I'm kind of a versatile guy. I can uh, help with the product, but I also know how to get everything where we need it and set it up and make it happen and, and uh, service our customers. So uh, into that. An overall guy that we lean on to go, hey, the last 10 years, how did you guys do it? He's like, okay, here's my, the history. My boy, step over here, and I'll give you a little <laughs> lesson. <laughs> I, I, I like that you mentioned that because it's funny. Working for the NRA, um, there's a lot of historical data that, that like, I bring because I started out, you know, 10 years earlier as a volunteer and then have worked for them for 15 years, and now we have a lot of new people that have come on board in the last three and four years, and they're like, we have this great idea, and they're yeah. like, we're going to do this. I'm like, well... Okay, back in, you know, 2008, <laughs> we, yeah. we did this. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that we can't make that work, but we need to go out in a different direction. So, Ryan, what's your what's your primary job description? Then? I am the uh, director of marketing for Leica Sport Optics here in the U.S., North America. Excellent, excellent. And where are you out of? Uh, Bozeman, Montana. Montana okay. boy. Yep. Well, Lucas is a Montana boy, too. And, and, John, you're, you're now in Nevada, right? I've been in Las Vegas for 25 years. Okay. Um, I am the least Vegas guy in the whole world, but uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of sheep around there, and we've got three species of sheep in Nevada, and uh, it's a, and the airport's always open. 22 points, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So when, 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 I, when I draw, we're going to have to seriously talk. We can do that. Yeah, we can, we can do, do that. that. Plus, in the in the winter time, I don't have to shovel sunshine. So oh, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's nice, right. you know. You got Ryan's over here thinking, man, I got to go back to Bozeman in a week. And what am I going to come home to? We literally had four feet in the last 
10, 12 days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't miss that. No. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, Ryan, what's your what's your primary, what's your what's your game right now? What's your marketing marketing plan for for Leica, and where are we going with the products? Yeah, we we've had an interesting year already this year. In the last three or four years, um, you know, Leica hasn't done a lot in the way of marketing and really concentrated on a lot of products. And you know that realization in the last six, seven months, they really hit the ground again and really get back out there and become, I wouldn't, for lack of a better term, relevant again. We've always been relevant, but let's get back in the face of the sportsmen and gals and, and show them what like has been doing. And so even this year, we launched three new products at SHOT Show, which is a big deal, some really groundbreaking stuff. Um, our new GeoVid, which has been the leader in the you know laser range finding bino but now we have our, our new 3200.com which is a bluetooth enabled binocular 8 by 42 or 10 by 42 and you can bluetooth it right to your phone where it's all like a hunting app or right to your kestrel and that's okay. a big deal so you can get your wind wind and you get your applied ballistics out to 3200 yards okay um, i mean it's pretty groundbreaking coupled with our you know like a glass so you have that yeah. op optical superiority and now you have bluetooth capability and the handhelds the same way the crf 3500.com bluetooth your kestrel or the halika hunting app range out to 3500 yards in a class 3 laser much more powerful non-reflective out to 3500 yards so those guys that are looking for oh you know it'll range a house at 3,000 4,000 yards I'm like well how often are you gonna see a house or something you can yeah. range a reflective <laughs> target you don't see too many elk wrapped in tinfoil and so now this product really has the capabilities of zapping things out there a long ways wow well, I think, John, you and I probably 10-plus years ago had conversations in regards to the ability of Leica's rangefinders and being able to actually hit the button and literally instantaneously, sorry, I snapped my fingers and it didn't have the effect that I wanted, <laughs> you know, to, to pick that item up, tell you exactly where you're at. And, and I trained myself after a few years of, of I range things like three times, right. basically to make sure that I'm not I'm not hitting a branch or I'm not hitting a bush somewhere, to to get that true accurate information. But I've seen lots of guys out there with other products, and they're like click, they're like yeah. they kind of shake their thing, they click, they shake. And, and it's funny watching them do it as as they're not getting results. And I'm like, well, geez, it's, you know, 112 yards. You know, I'm like right. instantaneous results from from the Leica products. And that's what I like about it. It's so fast. It's amazing. And then so accurate in regards to yardage. Well, in my product specialist role, I go into, you know, XYZ Sporting Goods Store. And here's a, a brand X marked, you know, 1,200 yards. And here's ours marked 1,200 yards or 2,400 or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And the salesman says, oh, yeah, this brand X is just as good as yours. It's just got the same number on it. And mm. I tell him, well, let's pull out their their uh, instruction manual. Let's go to page 42. And let's look where it says that it does that on, on uh, you know, a reflective service surface. And then it goes down, non-reflect. And then animals, it's, it's less than half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. The, the rep didn't tell me that, you know. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the you. difference. And little little terms. You know, sportsmen, are, they're really educating themselves in the last couple of years. People are like beam divergence. You know, five years ago, people didn't even know what that meant. Correct. And now people walk up, hey, what's the beam divergence of your, uh, of your bino? And we can tell them. That's when we can really start separating ourselves now that people are educating themselves and they, they can see the performance value. Yeah, we may cost a little bit more, but this is why, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I mean, I've always been one where if, if I could find the product and buy it once, 
that's what I want to do. Yeah. And it and it took me a while to be able to afford, you know, working for the NRA, be able to afford the binoculars that I wanted. But as, as I mentioned earlier, I, I started out with one, and then I added another one, and then I added another one, and now I have a kid, and he keeps stealing all my stuff. <laughs> You're cool. our best customer. Keep hitting that button. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that button. You're so, our best customer. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it, it turns into one of those things that when you have a great product, I mean, I've literally had the same pair of binoculars that you sold me probably well, actually, no, I take that back because I upgraded those. They were TIDs, <laughs> and then you came out with the with the new TIDs, and I was like, oh, well, I have to have one that has yeah. a chip. I yep. mean, come yeah. on, that's got to yeah. be, that's that's groundbreaking. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing just having those products. And in the hunting world, it's, you just have to have it. I mean, from my, from my advantage point, one of the things that I've always used, and we talked about this in our glassing um, uh, po- podcast that we did just recently, when I set my binoculars up and I'm looking at something, I'll range it. If I found something, I found a buck or I found a sheep or something that I want to get closer to, and I'll go, okay, well, that's 1,800 yards. And a lot of times I'll go, okay, well, this is the juniper tree that I'm sitting next to, and I'll do reverse ranging, right? So I'll cut distance, maybe not be able to see the spot that I saw the animal in last time, but I'll turn around and I'll I'll keep ranging back. And I know that topography changes things, but when I get to that next ridge line and I shoot back, I'm like, okay, well, now I've cut, you know, a quarter of the distance off. And it's fun because in one case I was in New Zealand and a friend of mine shot an animal, well, it was 600 and some odd yards away. And I knew how far it was. Well, when you get over there, you're like, where the hell is this animal? It was white. It was a fallow buck. It was white. How can you lose a white fallow deer dead? Well, (laughs) guess what? We were off by 80 yards. Well, when you're off by 80 yards in, you know, four foot tall bush, you know, you're not going to find the animal. So it was real easy to send somebody back to that bush range that bush backwards and go guys we're, we're off 80 yards yeah and it just speeds things up yeah. so just an interesting tip that's exactly why i run into that all the time at trade shows like this they look at this new range finder 3500 yards i can't shoot 3500 no it's not you want to shoot that distance no but you want to be able to plan your route you're going to, if you're going to do a spot and stock you know you use it that way to plan your route out you know and then you get closer then you're ready to make your shot absolutely so, yeah it's not you know i hear that we hear that all, all the time, the time. Uh, why do you need 3000 yards well, because there's i know a lot that, of applications i know that rock over there is 2500 so i got to get to that rock yeah. you know i'm like okay sure. there's a lot of a lot of uses for it yep well and i i tell everybody man i'm i, I want to sh- i want to shoot an animal at 100 yards if i can yeah that's my goal right but absolutely. the reality the reality is that that goal is is what I would like, but the reality is that if I know the true distance with today's equipment and the practicing that I do, that I'm very proficient out past 500 yards without a doubt. Now, you know, normally I could stalk pretty good and getting into range is not a problem, but having the ability to know that information, it's, it's paramount. Yep. I mean, it changes the whole game from you know 20 years ago 30 years ago that's right and the shooting sports industry in whole, as a whole has grown you know i like to go out and bank steel at a thousand fifteen hundred take it to a mile i mean it's it's fun ammunition has gotten better our scopes are now better our rifles are better you know it's just a ton of fun to go out there and shoot and so we're making products that are not only for dedicated just strictly to hunters but now you know shooters that go out there and just like to bang steel and sure. go have some yeah. fun there's the competition world has taken off like wild kicks and 
Um, now we came up with a scope this year as well that we launched this year that now it's really strictly designed for that long range shooter, not necessarily maybe the hunter, but it's a phenomenal scope for those guys that like to go out there and compete and maybe stretch their rifle out to a mile. Well, that's a, and that's a huge market. Yeah. I mean, 20 years ago, that, that didn't even didn't hardly exist. No, there, was a, there was a few hand loaders that right. were like dabbling around and maybe some of the world-class snipers were, were playing with stuff like that, but nobody really talked about that, right? right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't want to talk about a sniper shooting at another human at that distance right. because that was taboo, but nobody would talk about that hunting. I remember guys taking old loophole scopes and scratching all the numbers off the turrets so that they could adjust up and yeah. down and do crazy weird things with that. And now we've got products that are got 30 millimeter tubes that you could literally dial, yeah. you know, yeah. huge amounts of uh, There's been drop. so many advancements, especially like in CNC machining, where um, I remember the first turret scopes. You wouldn't want to trust them for anything. And now the turret scopes, you, you can trust them. We can prove them. You can, you can test them. Yep. And uh, uh, back in the day, most big game animals were taken from point blank to about 350 yards. Once you crossed that 350 yard threshold, yeah, you then were, you were getting into luck or hold, you know, you were guessing. Hold over. Kentucky yeah, windage. Can, yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky windage. Yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah. Then we started getting laser range finders and then the scope started catching up and, and companies were putting in ballistic reticles. So you you had you knew that for 350 you held at the third red, the third, you know, third drop point, third yeah. drop point, and then that that extended it, and then now with turrets, then it's even gone even farther. So then it's just a matter of wind at that point. Yeah, is right. all it is. Yeah, so. and the wind is not the shooter's friend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, amen to <laughs> so that. The wind is that's a science behind that for sure. So and I wouldn't even and ammunition manufacturers had to catch up as well. I mean that before the standard deviation of a box of ammo was, you know, hundreds yes. of feet per second. Different and now they've got it sub 10, 20 feet per second. And am ammunition is so much better. Scopes track better. Everything. Yeah. The sports men and women have forced the industry to make better products. And, and we, we followed suit, which is exciting to see. Well, now the scope that you had just mentioned, it's a target scope. Yeah. Uh, what, what can you tell us about that? Well, it's our first foray into the, uh, you know, the long range competition scope world. It's a first focal plane. We call it the PRS scope. Um, it's a five to 30, which is a six time zoom, yeah. which is a big deal. First focal plane scope. Um, has 32 mils of adjustment, which is over 100 minutes. Um, so you can dial out, you know, like the standard 6.5 Creed, you could take that out to a mile easy. It's plenty of range of adjustment. Um, it's a 56 millimeter objective, nice big bright objective. Well, so it pulls uh, in a lot of light. A lot of light, super durable, absolutely no plastic parts in the entire thing, all metal. We have a toolless zeroing option. The cap comes off, you can zero it and then just slip the ring, boom, right down. It's got an onboard Allen wrench to set your zero stop, which is pretty cool. You don't need an external tool. So when you're out at a competition yeah. or in the field, you want to change things up, boom, you can do right there. You don't need a whole kit. Um, Cal Zant, who uh, has a, another really, really um, popular blog, he's designed the reticle. We call it the PRB reticle. It's well thought out. It's kind of a hybrid of five or six very popular reticles in the competition world. Um, first time I saw it, I was like, whoa, this is interesting. And I got to shoot it, and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, well thought out. And we offer three different reticles. The most popular, I predict, will probably be the PRB. Um, it's a really, really good scope. And we forced the price point down. We, you know, the top dogs were all at one point, and we said, well, hey, let's, let's try to be below that. And so we did our homework and really took a year to figure out how to make this scope more affordable. 
And so we've slipped right kind of in the middle ground for the price point. And I think it's... That's a big deal. It is a big deal. We're trying to not land where people just shrug their shoulders and say, oh, geez, it's so expensive. You know, we want people to use this because we believe in it that much that we're like, let's get it in the, the hands of the shooters and let them judge it because we feel like it'll compare to everything else out there. And I'm excited about it. I can't wait. You know, shooting season's just about to start taking off. All the comps around yep. the West are starting, you know, in the next two weeks. So we'll see. It'll be fun to get all the new products on the, on the line. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So what other products are you guys showcasing here? Anything else new that's new for 20 or anything else that you guys have in plan? Well, <laughs> well, um, I, I just named three. Wanted to check back with us. And, then, uh, you know, I think okay. there's a big show coming down the road called the NRA show that we will be at. Um, there you go. Yeah. You know, maybe we should sit down and do this again there. and uh, We might have something else to uh, talk about. I like the sounds oh, of that. Oh, you guys. How much money, do I, need, how much money do I need to tell my wife that I need to stash for a while? Or That's maybe, cool. Maybe That's exciting. I'll just tell you this. that <clears throat> It's a product that I can definitively look at every single hunter in the face and say, this is for you. Like, it's one of those things that, every, you know, everybody in this building will want. Oh, man. Heard That's it first exciting. at RNA Outdoors. Now, now they're bringing it to my home home event in Nashville this next year. Oh Lord! Jeez, cool. I usually yeah. save my money for my own event to yeah. spend there, guys. Now <laughs> yeah. you guys are taking money away. I, that's okay. Yeah. I, I'll one, figure out a way. One question we get asked quite a bit too is that we received recently on our um, recent podcast we did was angle compensations and Absolutely. range finders that do that. Can you guys speak to that a little bit? Any of the products that y'all have? Well. Uh, currently, all of our products, all our range finding products have angle compensation from our entry level Geovid R, which gives you uh, angle compensation in what we, our acronym is EHR, which is estimated horizontal range, okay. from 10 yards to 1,200 yards. The first 100 yards, it's in bow mode. So if you're a bow hunter, you're in business. Then you step up uh, into our Geovid uh, HD, uh, Geovid R. Um, with the portal prism system, the new body system, and it does the same. Then you go to the 3200.com, it even uses ballistics. So yeah. every, in our binoculars and our handhelds, we all have yeah. angle compensation for the, for the hunter. Obviously, it's very critical when shooting at any kind of angle. So every one of our products has that. We get asked all the time, oh, this doesn't do it. We're like, yeah, every one of our products currently does yeah. it because it's that critical as a shooter. Absolutely. To, to, to have that, you know. So there's obviously you get line of sight, line of sight. and then in addition to that, is there settings in the binocular, the rangefinder? All of our products, the first, when you when you activate the rangefinder, the first number is always the line, line of sight, sight distance from that binocular to the target you're looking at. Then in about a half a second, it will calculate using, uh, the, the angle, and it comes up. It, it, remember, let's say we were hunting and we looked down the canyon and there was a nice buck and we ranged him and he's 400 yards. But we're looking at a 20 degree down angle. Mm -hmm. In a half a second, that 400 would change to 375. That's what you'd calculate your shot at. Now, some of our products, you have multiple choices in how you get your output. Yeah. If you've got an MOA mil, uh, uh, turret, you can set it for MOA. If you've got a mill turret, you can set it for mills. Maybe you got granddad's good old 270 with a four power scope and <laughs> just a crosshair. You need to know yeah. how high do I need to hold, you can set it for holdover. So we you can adjust that output to fit your mode of shooting and your equipment. And if you grab one of our you know newer geovids, they've got onboard atmospheric. Yeah. 
station pressure, temperature. So it's basically figuring out density altitude. So it's adjusting your output, your ballistic, you know, correction based on that current atmospheric. Mm -hmm. So there's no more saying I just I didn't know it was 30 degrees below zero or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's now it's calculating your solution based on that exact current out. And you know, that's and, huge. And it does it in a half a second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the speed that we were talking about. Yep. Very important. So when you Bluetooth this Kestrel, does that pull in that information? So yep. obviously the wind, yep. temperature, pressure, atmospheric pressure, it'll humidity, all that stuff. Does it factor all that in? Or correct. So when you're Bluetoothing it to the Kestrel, it's letting the Kestrel do the work. So the Kestrel's got you know wind. It's figuring density altitude and it's using applied ballistics. So it's taking the data straight from the Kestrel and you can see it in in the binocular. So you can say, hey, I want it I want to read out in mils, my correction in mils or minutes. So it'll do the calculation, apply the applied ballistics and figure out when and it'll display it in your bino. So you'll say, hey, give me a seven point two mil hold and I want a left you know, 0.4 wind hold or a right 0.2, you know, whatever you want. Whatever you're setting your Kestrel out, it'll read out in the binocular. Wow, that's interesting. Cool. You do yeah. not have to go from your Kestrel to the binocular or the rangefinder. Yeah, it displays it all So if you set your Kestrel up somewhere and it's just exactly. actively mo real-time monitoring, it'll yep. take that information into your binocular. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, okay, all I'm thinking about is the NRA show. You guys are really <laughs> bad at, and trying to, to debate me because I'm an easy baitable yeah. person since I'm already the guy that you'd like to sell to. Yeah. So anyway, that's exciting. Good stuff. Was well, that? A, I mean, we've been we've been doing this like 15 minutes more than we told you we'd take take your time. But I really appreciate everything that you guys do. Love the products. I mean, anybody out there that has any questions, how do they how do they reach out and, and get to you guys? Well, we're at you know all the major shows. We you know we're all working for the company. We're here. We'd love to answer questions. We've got a lot of good, really good dealers out there. I mean, today at the show we have six dealers here selling our product. Um, we're not selling from our booth, but we walk you right down to one of our awesome dealers and say, hey, you know. But um, we have a lot of information on online. I mean, we're always we're always here for you. Like yep. a dot com. Like a hunting USA dot com. There you go. Yep. We're really trying to get affinity for the U.S. North American market. We're kind of, I wouldn't say rebranding, but we're you know we're using that hashtag like a hunting USA. So give us a follow, and you know we're here. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, we're here to help you. So perfect. Awesome. Well, appreciate, appreciate you guys' time, and good luck at the show. And obviously, NRA sounds like that's going to be exciting. So yeah, it will uh, be. We'll have to stay tuned and, and see what that has in store. So. Can't wait. Can I get it. one donated for my foundation dinner banquet? Sorry. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fundraiser. Yeah, I'm, I'm weak. He's I always trying. Very so. good at angle. But John, Ryan, thank you guys for your time. Thank uh, you. We appreciate You're it. You're very and, welcome. Uh, we look forward to working with you guys in the future. Sounds look great. Look forward appreciate to that it. new product, buddy. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a good day. Thanks Ciao. for having us. You bet. This is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. 
These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, and get involved with conservation efforts. And know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, go farther, stay longer. <laughs>